Lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid to fall. All right. Uh, welcome to the podcast today. We're so excited to have Elise Jones with us. Hi, Elise. Hi, you guys. Happy to be here. So I don't actually, we don't actually know Elise, but we have a mutual friend, our friend Annie Rigby. Um, I lived by Annie in California and we were really good friends. And you guys met doing River Guide, right? Yep. Doing River Guide? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. We do trips to this day. She's the best. Oh, she's awesome. Um, we found you because she did our logo, I think the same time she did your yoga logo. So it like came up on her... Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this girl's super cute. And I love her vibe and her, you know, and of course, Annie's so talented. So it was just so cute. So then I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, she's such an awesome person. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're excited. All right. I'm going to read her bio. So Elise Jones is a married mother of two daughters in college. She's also a yoga therapist and a yoga alliance teacher and trainer providing continuing education. She is certified in several genres of yoga and fitness classes and has been teaching for 19 years. She's also a roller fitness certified instructor, which we both want to try, yes. as we were just saying before we start recording. Yes. Very excited about that. Yes. Um, Elise is the founder of Utah Yoga and Wellness and a semi-retired river guide. Elise was diagnosed with ASD, atrial septal defect. Is that atrial? Is that how you say it? Yep. yep. Okay. In uh, 2009... She had open heart surgery in 2016 and diagnosed with CHF, congestive heart failure, in 2021. She had a lung resection surgery this past November. Elise's mantra is share your heart. Which I love. Yeah, we love that. And perfect with your heart. (laughs) Yeah, your heart condition. Condition Yeah. Yeah, we've been excited to talk to you for a while. Like, anyway. Because I think we reached out and you said yes before you end up having that surgery Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then yeah, you were we down had for a while. Postpone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm going to be out for a few months. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. It looks like you're doing well because you look. Yeah, yeah you look beautiful. You're all yeah. glowy and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel I'm already feeling a little emotional because just I think just hearing you say it, you know. Oh yeah. Like it's different. It's different when you express something that you have, but then hearing it, it's like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I read back to you, you right? Know, yeah. That would be gets, kind of surreal. Sometimes yeah. it hits me differently, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, that would be. So we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. we're excited to talk. So, Thank you. Um, So maybe you could tell us a fun or interesting fact about yourself before we get started. Um, well, you've already mentioned it. And, um, when I say semi-retired river guide, it's just because I still do trips. And I was guiding commercial river trips until things with my heart got a little more serious to where, you know, it puts other people in, in jeopardy or at risk if I were to still be doing that and as well as myself. So I was river guide for years and I, that's something I'd love to do. And, um, roller skating and roller fitness is just a quirky thing that people always ask me what that is and why I do it. And it's just something that makes me feel fun. (laughs) You got to do what makes you feel fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when I saw you doing that, I like asked my niece, my, my daughter and my, um, sister, I'm like, would anybody want to roller skate? Every single one of them wanted to, but it was like the end of the season ish. Cause I think, yeah. well, there was a class with the first thing we found was at that Mill Creek Comet or whatever. Oh they yeah. That's some, the greatest. 
Yeah, it's so fun. I was like, oh, I want to do that. And then I saw you taught classes, and I'm like, okay, we need to go yeah. to this fitness Mill class. Mill Creek so. and at, at Classic Skating in Orem's, and that's obviously year-round, you know, that you can go to. But skating just makes you feel fun. you got to do things that make you feel, that make you laugh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. You can't be sad true. on roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I wanted to ask in your bio, you mentioned that you're a yoga therapist and a yoga yeah. alliance teacher. So what goes, yeah. what's yoga therapy? Can you tell us a little more about that? Of course. Yeah. So after several certifications in different yoga styles through yoga alliance, uh, I went to yoga therapy school because I went to yoga therapy, which was a different kind of therapy that is a, it's kind of liaison between talk therapy um, and using utilizing tools on your own. So unlike a yoga class, it's catered specifically to you, movement and breath work that help with anxiety or trauma or PTSD or anything like that that's catered to you specifically. So uh, even though, yes, there's um, breathing that connection or the, the mind-body connection through breath and movement in yoga is what yoga is, uh, the yoga therapy takes it many steps farther and gets deeper into the root of the healing that you need. And so when you have the tools to self-soothe by utilizing breath patterns and specific types of movement that either empower or release you, uh, it's a very, a very personal practice, very personal therapy. Hmm. That's yeah. so cool because I've been learning more about how yeah, like our like anxiety and stuff is so tied to our nervous system. And so yes. to me, that just makes so much sense. Like yes. if you can calm your nervous system through breath work. And even if you're working through traumas, you know, revisiting those, if you're doing these yoga yeah. techniques through, I actually had thought about this before, you know, seeing this in your bio a little bit. I'm like, man, it'd be so cool, you know, because I've gone to yoga classes, but you're not working through your own things in there. I mean, as a group, you can, but... Right. It's more about right. the exercise and stuff. But anyway, this is just super cool. Yeah, that's I really that. cool. I don't know if yeah. I knew yeah. that that was a thing. But I don't know sense. that I did either. Makes total yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah. And so you do that right now? Yeah, I, and I, I share a little bit. I do live Mindful Mondays every week, just like a 15-minute meditation for whoever wants to join in. And we I teach different breathing patterns because the whole – my philosophy of therapy and yoga therapy specifically is to get to the point where you don't need me anymore. You know, if you're still utilizing me to help you after a long, long time, something's not working or you're not utilizing the tools yourself. So you want to be able to become self-reliant on healing tools. And so, uh, I, I, I mean, we know how to tie our shoes. We learn how to read. We learn mathematics, but we don't learn how to eat well. We don't learn how to self-soothe. We don't learn all those things that even kids now are learning that breath work is really helpful for anxiety. Right. In fact, my, my clientele drastically jumped in age range with elementary and junior high and high school kids uh, during COVID. Oh, so sure. it's just, yeah. you know, it's just, just learning how to breathe, learning how to, how to calm yourself is such a healthy tool. And it's not me. It's, I'm not a healer. It's not me doing that for you. It's, I'm just a liaison teaching you the tools so you can do that on your own. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Oh, that's way on. cool. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, it's interesting because I have two older kids, teenagers, and then two younger kids, eight-year-olds. Yeah. And even at school, the younger ones are bringing home papers about, like, mm -hmm. breathing through anxiety stuff where my older right. kids didn't learn any of that. Right. So I think it's so neat that this is being tied into, like, education even. But to be able yeah. to do it on a personal with, like, someone that's training you through it, I think would be so cool. So that's yeah. awesome that you I, do that. I love it. And the only things I don't do anymore with that is – is really heavy 
because uh, I because I'm getting back into that, but it's not fair for me to be there for someone else if I'm not fully present going through my own heavy. And so, and, and some things bring up a lot of other things. And so um, I haven't, I haven't taken on as much as I have in the past, but I'm slowly getting back into that. But yeah, mm. I love it. It's, it's a, that's where my heart lies in my yoga practice and yoga in sharing yoga teaching. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Helping yeah. people in more, yeah. so yeah. many ways, so many different yeah. ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, maybe you could give us a quick background of kind of where you grew up and where you're at now. Yeah. Okay. I grew up in Little Cottonwood Canyon area. It was sandy. It turned granite, but it turned to sandy when I was in high school. And it was the best childhood ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I think those of us that grew up in the day and age that we did without shoes and seatbelts and, <laughs> yes, and so helmets. Awesome. And I'm not saying those are bad things because obviously we all need them, but, and there's reasons why <laughs> yeah. we have those things now, but there's just a freedom of playing in the reservoirs in the Canyon and running around our neighborhood. And, and I had four brothers, so I was the only girl. So I was very much a tomboy. Um, it was just, it was, I loved, that's one thing I can, I can say with a surety is that my childhood was a huge part of who I am. You know, it's, it was just fun and free and silly. And um, I had a really great childhood in nature. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. Living right yeah. there by the Canyon. And I bet yeah. that did provide a lot of, you know, just natural, like outdoors right there and stuff. So, well, we were, awesome. and, and I don't think it's just limited to where I lived. I think just in the day and age in the early eighties, it was, Yeah. I mean, you were outside from nine to nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> You didn't go inside. You, you drank from the hose. You ate whoever's food. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just. <laughs> yeah, there was no Netflix to binge. You. It was like, yeah. okay, I'll catch my one show at four o'clock yeah. and then I'm out. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. You'd hear your mom or like either with her whistle or her specific yell or a bell or something. And that meant come home. Oh, so it yeah. Was yeah. The home. bells. I remember. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a bell, but I remember families. That... <laughs> yeah. It really was so, so fun. fun. Yeah. When you were talking about roller skating. Yeah. Um, I was saying earlier oh, yeah. that we rollerbladed. That's all we like. When, yep. Before we had licenses, we, I lived in like the Stansbury Park. It's a very small community. There wasn't stoplights yeah. or lots of cars, so we just like rollerbladed all over the place, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Or we'd run across the golf course to go swimming, or we would like go into the ponds and get golf balls and sell them back to the golfers. Like it was just <laughs> a fun, like yeah. We just we just played. Say, I also I grew up in Draper, Utah before it had you know. Oh was yeah, big. it was more like a farm community i mean we were like one of the newer first developments but rollerbladed everywhere just all up and down up to south mountain like everywhere it was such a fun childhood so yeah i think probably that's why we'd ride our banana seat bikes like from our house down dimple dell clear over into draper we'd be gone for all day yeah you know yeah well fun it's awesome and then you live up in heber or midway now i live in midway yeah we moved here about 07 and we lived we moved uh to sacramento in 2001 for my husband's grad school and then we stayed where the job was and then we came up here in 07 when I already thought it was already really built up at that time because <laughs> I grew up coming up here as a kid and now it's tripled in you know tripled in size and I mean there's nowhere in Utah you can go where it's still not where it's not growing you know so know. yeah the secret's yeah. out it's a great and anywhere you yeah, go in the so state it's a great place <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandparents growing up had a cabin in, or just like a condo in Midway, kind yeah. of by the homestead, and we loved it. Uh-huh. It was really fun. Mm. And then I was realizing, I saw on your social media that your husband 
um, like sings and does music. And I think I, he yep. looks so familiar. I think I saw him at that cafe Galleria. Does yep. He, he played plays there all summer. Yeah. It's his kind. That's his, that's his therapy. Like playing and music. playing guitar and singing and writing music. That's, that's what he does on the side. Yeah. I mean, he has a full-time job, but like right. he does that and it's just, it's very therapeutic for him. And so he's just been getting, yeah, he plays everywhere. Yeah. My father-in-law who just loves music, like he was in heaven. He did not want to leave. He just kept saying, oh, this is amazing. Oh, like, that's he, so and I mean, I thought it too, but he really shows his like, yeah. you know, emotions more, but he was loving it. But yeah, he's super talented. Great. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Midway is a great place. Yeah. Even actually just the other day, my husband's like, do you think we could move to like Heber or Midway? And we asked our 15 year old <laughs> that's a freshman. He's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you're in high school. Okay, fine. My friends yeah. are here. <laughs> Yeah. So awesome. However, I have yet to meet, I have yet to meet a family whose kids did not like it when they moved up here. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, yeah I actually have a huge gap in my kids. So like my 15 year old and then I have a nine year old. I'm like, yeah. well, when he graduates from high school, she'll literally just barely be starting middle school. So I'm like, that yeah. might be our... Yeah, that might be I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't say that too loudly because it's already so yeah. crowded. But it's yeah. Don't, yeah. don't move up. We're all place, here. But... Everyone, everyone, come. Whatever. That's awesome. Well, you yeah. can't move. We live in the same neighborhood, so I'm like, no, yeah, you can't move. Can't move. <laughs> yeah, just come with me. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, okay. Well, maybe we could talk about um, when you got your di- like start out with when you got your diagnosis and yeah, maybe what was going of... on around the time um, of, okay. of that transition. Yeah, it was. Um, so as I said, we moved here about 2007 ish, maybe 2008, but I'm pretty sure it was seven. Um, my youngest was just starting kindergarten. And so about two years, maybe a year and a half after that, I just had really, um, I just had a regular doctor checkup. I had super, super high blood pressure, like ridiculously dangerously high. I thought that's the weirdest thing. What is that? And so he, he said, you know, I hear something going on, but I'm not a specialist. So I'm going to send you somewhere. And so that's when they found that I had some complications. And what, what atrial septal defect is, is there's PFO, which is a hole in your heart that quite honestly is very common. A lot of people have that. You can live with it your whole life and never even know. Um, it's not like, you know, it's, it's always detrimental. But ASD is the septum, the, the central wall in your heart um, that, that separates your chambers. Mine was in two pieces. And so they think that it was around that time when I was in my early about 30-ish, early 30s, that that those walls just kind of gave out and started, you know, swishing. And and so my blood was intermixing before going to, going being filtered through my lungs and then up to my brain. So uh, it was dangerous enough that they sealed that uh, section intravenously with this little device. And then your tissue grows around it. And then now you have this solid wall. Um, and then after about nine years of, uh, complications from what I did not know was from like allergies. I didn't know I had from that. I had to get it taken out. I'm just keeping this brief. Um, so in 2016, that's when my open heart surgery was for was, uh, they stopped my heart and cut the device out and then rebuilt my septum wall with my pericardium tissue. And then my heart was bomber. It was amazing. In fact, six months later, we, uh, I took, we took my girls, my husband and I with our uncle and, and a couple of good friends, uh, we did Everest Base Camp and up and above. And, you know, so we did 108 miles of this backpacking trip at very high altitude. We were gone for a month and my heart was amazing. Uh, did 
did everything I, I could. I mean, little things like I could sleep on my side again. I could, I, all these, I could run, you know, uh, and to this day, they, when I was life lighted last year, um, I got severely, severely swollen. And I knew that that's a hard thing. Like one thing I'm, I'm grateful for is that our bodies tell us what's going on if we know how to listen. And so I knew that swollen legs and eventually swollen face and swollen everything, something's going on with my heart. And that's when they found, they thought I was in severe heart, like a severe heart attack, but it wasn't. Uh, so I was life flighted and that's where I was diagnosed with the, the heart failure, but had nothing to do with my surgery, had nothing to do with anything. They've given me every test under the sun. I'm now with the heart failure team and that I see the rest of my life and they're absolutely wonderful and there's no genetic history. They've tested all my genes. There's no reason for it. So I'm actually wow. an advocate now for um, uh, trying to find research or, or ways of, of helping the community with adult onset CHF because I'm not diabetic. I'm not yeah, you know, you're healthy. You're I'm, like yeah, teaching... I, I'm not in the age range. It's just there's some weird fluky things with those of us in that category. So, yeah. So that's kind of the whole. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, I, and I skipped in... over a lot, but. <laughs> oh, that's all right. So that was in 2021 that you got that last diagnosis, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I was just thinking like all those years leading up to when you got the fix that made you feel so much better. And then, you know, led you, you went to Everest and stuff. Like, I'm sure that was really challenging because you're a mom, you're busy, like you're not feeling well. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah. And, and to answer more specifically, because you had asked what was going on in my life at the time was we had recently moved to Midway. We hadn't been there that long. I had a newer set of friends. My kids were new in the schools and um it was uh it was a hard and also a very beautiful time because you know when something happens to someone that's when people come together and Mm -hmm. i've made some amazing friendships with people that i didn't even know that came to help my family they helped me they helped my kids uh and so every single disaster that can happen to anybody whether it's a health disaster or physical or an uh you know things that happen in our lives, everyone has their hard, uh, beautiful things that can be manifested from that, can can come from that. Um, it gives us opportunity to to serve people. Yeah. So that that was a time that um, that I really actually appreciate is building friendships through disaster. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. So, and people yeah. are just that's the thing about this podcast every t- time we talk to somebody there's always um beauty found like you were saying in the heart yeah. but there's also people that come support system or the people around them that just really help them and so yeah. just the importance of community and friendship and yeah it's awesome yeah, yeah it's cool to see how good people are like yeah for sure it's a reoccurring theme that people mm-hmm. show up and and that's neat, you know, to be able to make friendships through that. I mean, those are probably lasting, for sure, strong Absolutely. relationships. Yeah, like Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just wondered, you know, before we jump more, well, I mean, we could go back to that later, but I would love to hear a little bit more about the Everest thing. I know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing that you did that. I know. Okay. That's yeah. so cool. And you did it with like, your husband and daughters? You I know. I saw like right pictures. now. Okay, great. Well, we could, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, Should for we... sure. Why not? Yeah. I don't, if we're going to go chronologically, I don't know. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It was, it was a dream of mine since I was 
uh, 19. So I was, I was guiding a Grand Canyon River trip and one of the other guides that had been there for years and she's now a dear, dear friend of mine, her name's Tiffany. And she had just gotten back from Everest Base Camp and ironically met her husband during that adventure. So, um, so she was telling me all about it as we're, as we're rigging for this trip and I just could not get out of my head. And so, uh, after that, you know, 10, 11 days, I just said, you know, I, I have to do that. I have to do that. And, and she really inspired me. And so that was, I mean, I was 19 years old and then now, uh, fast forward to, I was, I was literally in the hospital after my open heart surgery and my husband he was holding my hand and, you know, and we're talking about this, you know, everything's okay. And he says, guess where we're going? And I, <laughs> and I, and I knew what he was talking about. My surgeon okayed it and said, you're going to be just fine. You know? And then and he told me we knew it was going to be, my surgery was in September and we were leaving in April. And like even looking in the monitor in the computer of, of my heart and the x-rays and it was, it was just beautiful. It was so different than what it was before with that device in. And so it was um, like, and I couldn't have done this before because, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I had, I was going through a lot of pain. I was going through, um, you know, different medications and, and I was literally living on off of nitroglycerin that um, just to stop the pain and in my chest. And there are a lot of things I could not do anymore. And in my mind, it was like, I have a heart problem. And so the ability that that gave me to have my heart brand new to me um, was quite amazing. And so I said, well, I don't want to go without the girls. You know, they were 13 and 15 at the time. And our guide had never taken someone as young as 13. And she actually turned 14 at 14,000 feet. And that was exciting. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> but it was, so that, that was the beauty. That was a beautiful thing is, is going as a family and, I knew my yoga breathing and we, we all did it together. We didn't have to have oxygen that some people did. And what people don't realize is Everest Base Camp, you think of base camp, you're like, well, base camp, that's like the, the lowest, like who cares? But you start, I mean, the beginning of the trek is about 13,000 feet. That's mm-hmm. where you start. And so then you're going up from there and there's days you have to acclimate overnight and you still hike all day that day. They don't let you sleep because you have to get good sleep during the night so you don't get altitude sickness. And my girls were amazing. And to do that as a family, and like every day I I, I had tears of gratitude because I was able to do it. My heart was great, you know, and, and keeping the breathing going and just doing that as a family and the beautiful people. And we're still to this day friends with our guide that we were actually preparing um, trek retreats together. That And then this happened so... I've been unable to do that, but, um, it's an amazing experience that I would definitely recommend to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) And it feels like such a pendulum swing from like heart surgery, Yeah, you know, and you like swelling up, like what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with my heart to like, I just hiked Mount Everest. Like that's well, and it's, and that's so cool. Yeah. And without, without sounding boastful, it, it gave me a sense of, of, to keep going, you know, that, that nothing can stop me. And I have this personality of, you know, to try, try to keep me down. I dare you, you know, and like my husband would constantly say, Elise, you have got to remember, like there's you've got to slow down. You've got to take care of yourself. And, and I do, but just, it's just kind of this go, go personality and like, I can do anything. And then I'm, I'm slammed back down, but it was, um, it was kind of, it was proving to me that, that 
you don't have to take you don't have to take things lying down you know and just because something hard happens to you now depending on what it is there's people that are bedridden there's people on oxygen i you know that can't just all of a sudden magically change and and be physical you know i i am sensitive to that but in my specific situation I had a choice. I could have, I could have been really upset and sad and and depressed, which I have been. It goes like this, up and down. Um, but I just said no. Like, if anything, I'm going to keep going harder. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to prove that I am capable and that I, I don't have to stop my life and stop my dreams and and stop doing what I love to do. I just have to do it differently. So I was slower. You know, I had to slow down and but I didn't have to stop. You know, there's a lot of things that even though I can't do things a certain way, I can do them this way, a different way. And so that's been, that's been a shift, you know, um, a reality shift in, in my situation. You don't have to, you don't have to stop, but you do have to just do things differently. And that's a positive thing. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Mind shift and a body shift and (laughs) to be able to do it. So, yeah, I was kind of thinking about when you were saying that, you know, something that comes up a lot too, or maybe not, it's come up a few times on the podcast, but that I'm just hearing more and more about is like living in the present, you know? So yeah. you took that opportunity, like you're saying, and you just went for it. And I think it's so cool. Cause that's what you're doing. You're not just putting things off. You know, you could do roller skating down the road, maybe when you feel a little better when you're not yeah. feeling it, you know, but like you're saying, you're just going for the things that you love because you love them and you want to make the yeah. most out of your time. And anyway, I love it. I, I just think your whole, um, mantra or the vibe that we get from you is just really uplifting and inspiring. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It's not easy. You know, it's not, it's not like I actually worry about people that are happy all the time that don't feel that don't like, yeah. Allow themselves to, you know, like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel those things and release it. What's not okay is to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. So doing things, finding hobbies, something as simple as reading a book, you know, something that makes you feel, Good. I love that. And it is true. You can't um, avoid or ignore the hard yeah. things, but it's more the getting back up yeah. when you're down. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone really, it, maybe it appears that they're not feeling those hard things. And I'm like, are they, or are they just faking it? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, everyone has hard things, but yeah, actually working through it and being open about it, like the vulnerable. Cause I think that's what we are finding so much on this podcast too, is it, it's helped so much to talk about it. Cause then we don't feel alone. It's inspiring to see other people going through hard things and getting through it in their own way. And it gives us ideas. So it opened this whole new door of gratitude. Um, That's why there's that picture of like, I had carried this journal with me where it said, thank you, Dr. Doty, you know, that I could get a picture at the, at at, on Everest with that, because uh, when you find a caretaker that has your back that you love implicitly, that, um, you know, I, I mean, I send him a package every year on my open heart surgery day and it, there's just certain, there's people in your life, um, that become caretakers and that, that you can't eloquently express your gratitude for. And so that, like that trip, that experience, I thought of him every day, you know, I, I thought of just the, the, the people that what I feel God puts in your life to, um, to help you you know, and so gratitude that, that opened the door of gratitude for me is to step out of myself and be thankful for other people that, that help you continue the life that you have 
instead of being down and so frustrated that you have issues, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's cool to think, I'm sure that meant so much to him when he saw the photo to be like, Oh wow, you thought of me in this. And you even took the time yeah. to, you know, he's, write my he, name down. And he he's not one to, to be flashy, you know, <laughs> it probably embarrassed him, but, um, but yeah. I told him, I tell him all the time, you know, that I will never stop talking about him and with just the utmost, utmost gratitude. So he's, I, I love him dearly and I'm very thankful for well, what he, the life he gave me, you know? So, yeah. 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 It is really cool. Just all the, my son has, um, hydrocephalus and he had a, um, oh. has two shunts and a seizure diso- disorder, but it's the same thing. I'm just so grateful for these doctors that take the time yeah. to get their education and to yeah. learn and to know how to help him. Cause like if he would have been born, who knows how many years before he wouldn't be here because they didn't have the technology. Yeah. People with hydrocephalus and yeah. So grateful for all his doctors for sure. Well, and there's, if I can mention one more thing, like there's, you know, it, it's very common for us to get several opinions on anything from home appraisal to car diagnostics to um, schools your kids go to, to whatever. I mean, every, you know, we, we do our due diligence to make the best choice other than when it comes to our health for some reason. You know, we, we just go to a doctor and our trust is just automatically there and you're, you know what you're doing, you're supposed to help me. And I found, I found my surgeon through a lot of diligent research. You know, it, it wasn't, I've, I've had a lot of um, tactfully saying this, I, I had a lot of situations in my past with my heart stuff that I didn't feel comfortable with who was caring for me. And so to find somebody that, uh, that really did, that, that put me first and that had my back, it was like, that was a very incredible feeling and you can't let that go. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what led up to, you know, I am, I am putting his name on Everest and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool. <laughs> you know, because he saved my it's life. It's true that for whatever reason, we just kind of trust because we did actually have, when my son was born, the reason, the cause of his hydrocephalus was meningitis. So we were down yeah. um, in Utah Valley in Provo. We had a doctor and they're like, oh, it's sepsis and we're giving him these medications. And then he just like, took a downturn, like super fast up breathing. And so oh. instead of it, was, I'm luckily, cause we were young. I don't, we didn't know anything about health stuff and doctors. We just, they seemed older and wiser. And, but we actually said we want a different doctor. Like wh- why is he getting worse? If we were here and you're telling us he's getting the right things and the right medication. And right. we, I, yeah, there's a doctor that saved his life. He was at his, I, but he was like at his daughter's birthday party. They said, we have this baby. You need to come in. Anyway, he came in, saved his life. Quickly, he sent him to primary children's. He's like, this baby is too sick. He yeah. should not be here. These are not the right doctors for him. He needs to be lifelighted in primary children's. Hmm. Doesn't mean that they're, that they're poor doctors, but you're going to find someone that sees something that someone else yeah. didn't. Right. Yeah. And these doctors and had, the yeah, of... had seen him every day for two weeks. Yeah. Like, And the only, I mean, we had noticed he wasn't getting better, but it was obviously the, him stopping breathing that was like, okay, something's really not right. And had gotten into his wow. brain and turned into um, meningitis. Wow. But yeah, he saved his life. I mean, that night flew up to primary children's that night they did a surgery. His body had kind of blocked off a bunch of um, bacteria that the 
type of antibiotic they were giving him couldn't actually penetrate to get into. So they had to like cut him open and drain it out. And he immediately like oh for weeks gosh. he had not really eaten and he was on a feeding tube. And the minute he had that surgery and woke up from it, he was like ready to eat breastfeed and ready to Aww. like smiling. I was like, oh, this baby, we haven't, wow. he's been nothing, I mean, not moving yeah. for weeks, but. Anyway, sorry, that was kind of a turn, but no, 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 here, here's the deal is a lot of people, whether it's from, whether it's people I connect with on my account or in the, in the heart community, there's so many people that are the mothers of children that are going through this, that my heart goes out to you much more because as a caretaker, you can't do anything about it. Mm. You have to sit and watch him go through that. You have, you know, you you as a parent, you and your husband have had to sit back and trust and just watch the suffering take place that I can handle what happens to me. But if it were my child, that's a totally different story. Oh, yeah. So it was, you know, it's a lot, that's a lot for was, you. Yeah, it was yeah, hard. So we were is. so grateful for yeah. the doctors at primaries and yeah. they had yeah. seen cases like his, so they knew exactly what to do. You know, they had. Wow. Well, yeah. Right. Good. And it's awesome that you guys were so brave to speak up and be like, we need a different, you know, just kind of like yeah. what you're saying, Elise. I mean, I think because in the medical, like it's a training that we don't have, it, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes you just maybe don't say things that you yeah. wish you, but they probably got yeah. sick of us though. Cause then we were like, Hey, he, we're his advocate. So mm. like, no, today you're not waking him up to take test his vitals. He needs sleep. Like, <laughs> no, you're not poking him again with a needle. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's one thing you learn from going through things like this is to trust yourself. Yeah. You have a mother's instinct. You have your own intuition. You have, um, I mean, whatever higher power you might believe in, you can, you can feel that you, you, you know, you can, just to learn to trust yourself and not be afraid to say, I don't feel right about this is really important and it could potentially save your life, could help you make better choices in anything. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I had this conversation with my heart surgeon and, you know, we became, we became very good friends. Uh, he and my husband and he and his wife or me and my husband and he and his wife. Um, and, he, there was just this immediate, this immediate feeling that I hadn't had with, with other doctors, you know, where, and again, it's not because they're not good doctors, but for me yeah. and what I needed at the time and what I need from now on, um, you know, he, he's, he's That's my person. Awesome. Well, yeah. you got an awesome uh, <laughs> tribute on the top of it. you got to trust your doctors. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so after that was what year? 20? That would have been uh, 17. 17, Everest. Everest was 17. The surgery was 16. Oh, so then everything went well for a while. Like, did you, I mean, you hiked Everest, but did you still have limitations? Did you have limitations or did you just feel like I'm better than? Not really. Uh Uh-uh. My heart was, my heart was bomber. It was on (laughs) fire. It was, and I I went kind of crazy. I mean, I, I taught spin classes and group fitness and stuff for years but I was actually not faking my gear anymore. And I was like, I mean, there was, there were no, no restrictions, nothing. It was just, my heart's great, you know? (laughs) And uh, just considering my age and my lifestyle, I just went back to the life that I had missed for the, you know, nine years previous. And, um, and all of a sudden, you know, one day we were, I was with my daughter and, her best friend and her mom, who's a dear friend of mine, the four of us were celebrating our daughter's high school graduation in Newport. 
and we were on the beach and my daughter and I were roller skating and every day we were only there for four days, but every single day I just kept getting more swollen. I thought I haven't felt this way in years. I know what this means, mm. but it just, and so I was really careful. I thought, okay, I had a corn dog. I had, <laughs> you're like corn dog. Maybe, maybe like, that be I just got yeah. on a flight. Yeah. Or like I'm drinking tons and tons of water, mm. which little did I know is the opposite of what you do for heart failure. Mm. Um, I mean, I, how would I have known? Right. Uh, and so I just, I had these signs that my body was telling me that I didn't know. And then when I'd been home from that trip for a day, you know, I slept with my legs up and everything on the headboard and um, I was just getting worse and worse. And so I had talked to my heart surgeon and said, here's what's happening. What do I do? And he said, go get checked right now, you know, go into the ER or, um, you know, see what's going on and keep in touch. And that's when, that's when all the tests were done mm. for my heart. Um, so you weren't so. even here. You were in yeah. California. No, I was here. It was, I, I had been home for a day. It all oh, okay. started in California, but you know, different altitude, all these things played into my head of like, well, whatever. Yeah. It's just, my body's just reacting funny. Um, but you know, Everest was really high altitude. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just, that doesn't make sense. Um, but you know, that was another time that, you know, my surgeon just said, you know, go do this, go do this. And, and, uh, just that trust that I had with him and he's the first person I called. And, um, I mean, of course a doctor's going to say, go right. yeah. <laughs> you're fine. you know, but, but the last thing on my mind was, uh, something that drastic, you know? So I think just what's important is just listening to signs that your body tells yeah. you. And, and if you don't feel right, yeah. go get checked. Don't blow it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I bet that was, yeah, yeah you felt so like, hard. oh, my heart's better than it's been. It's perfect. It's great. Oh, yeah. Like... In fact, I was thinking there's no way it could be my heart because my heart's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And it had nothing to do with my surgery. It has nothing to do with anything. It's, it's just how my body chooses to be. Mm. And it just got tired. And, you know, we, we, we can't, they can't find anything specific, but, uh, I don't know. I was in decline for quite a while, um, for many months after that. And it kind of went up and down. And now I'm at the point where, uh, I'm, my medications are like, it's, it's proving that my medications are, are doing good things that my body's responding well to the medications and to my life restrictions, which I don't like to say restrictions. It's just a change, you know? Um, I can't have much sodium and I can't, I, I can't have more than a liter and a half, maybe up to two liters of fluid a day. Um, and so that limits my activity because yeah, that limits the time of year that I can do certain activity. Yeah. Especially river trips. I don't do um, July anymore. I did last year in Grand Canyon and I was swimming every day. I was, I mean, it was okay. I wasn't putting anyone at risk and there happened to be a cardiology anesthesiologist on the trip wow. that was like babying me, like watching me the whole time. And, I was good. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to do things with, with those limited restrictions and, and activity and stuff. And so, um, but my heart's at the point now that it's, it's the ejection fraction, which is the output of your heart. Um, average is about the average person's is about 70 and mine's up to 50 at this point. And so that's why they decided to do my lung surgery is because it was at a good place to sustain the surgery. So, uh, I'm very grateful that I'm responding well to meds now 
And that'll, you know, I've been told that'll go up and down too. And this isn't something that, okay, now your heart rate has increased or your heart uh, function has increased. So you're all done. I mean, this is a lifelong thing. Um, but right now I, I'm good right now. It's stable. And, but it's because I've had those life changes. It's because I take my medications. It's because I am very diligent with my lifestyle that you can't just blow it out the door and say, well, I'm fine now. I can do whatever I want because then you'll go back to where it was. So it's a, it's a everyday so your process. lung surgery was just to help with your heart function. It wasn't like a lung issue, but the, no, it was a, it was what they thought was a tumor. It was a nodule. Oh, okay. It was a growth was okay. inside my lung that they had to take, you know, part of my lung to take that out. Oh. So something um, totally different again. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's, there's other things that they found, but you know, one thing at a time, uh, but one thing that's true with heart failure is, you know, eventually it's not good for your organs if they're not getting the blood flow. And, you know, if your heart's not functioning well, the rest of your body doesn't function well. And it's just a matter of time. But um, I don't I don't feel that way. I'm in a different category than the average, you know, person that has my stage of heart failure um, because I'm responding well to medications. And I am so very, very diligent with my lifestyle to keep it that way. Um, that I don't live in fear. I, you know, I, my lung thing, just and other things that I have going on just happen to be part of my life. And that's just how it is. I'm, I, again, I'm thankful that my heart function was raised at a time where they needed to get that out of my lung. Um, you know, my heart surgeon was, um, monitoring my heart during the lung surgery and everything. And so it's, I'm very well cared for and I, Again, it's just more gratitude than frustration at this point. I give myself a dark day. I mean, I it used to be once a week. Now it's more like once a month, thankfully, that I just let myself feel everything. I get angry. I cry. I get um, resentful of people that can change their diet and their exercise and get out of heart failure. Mm. I don't have that option. Mm. So uh, you, know, you have to feel it, but it's it's not it's not as often as it used to be. I think because I'm practicing allowing it to release and that's what I want to share with people. That's what I am passionate about sharing with people because if you don't allow yourself to feel things and give yourself that time to really release those emotions, then it builds up and can manifest into something much greater and even detrimental years later. So it's a good thing that they've become few and far between. Yeah. I think it's so wise. You're talking about focusing on gratitude. I mean, but then also feeling the pain and the hurt, you know, and yeah, giving, giving yourself, yourself the yeah. time to do that, you know, cause it could yeah. kind of maybe come out in a way you don't want it to later if you don't let it happen. Right. And, and people, it's, it's, it can be very easy to place blame, you know, let, let's, let's trans, let, let's turn this like my health situation that I've been very upset with and I've been sad about and it's changed my family. You know, my, my girls have had a really hard time. My husband, I've seen, you know, it's been really hard, but it's also been a beautiful strengthener in our marriage as well. Um, but, you know, turn that into, let, let's just say for someone else, it could be um, serious betrayal or, you know, there's choices people make in your life that you have no control over that now you have now it now it is something you're dealing with. So whether it's a health situation that you had no control over or 
a situation that happened in your life that you have no control over, what you do have control of is how you handle it and the choices that you make to say, I'm not going to stay in this hole. I, I can be here for a minute. It's real. I've got to feel it. This is not good. But I can make a choice to stay here and make it worse or utilize positive tools to, I don't like the term move on um, because that seems like you're ignoring it, but, but grow from, grow, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's good. So yeah, yeah. that's really good. We um, interviewed um, two guys, Sam and Mason. They have a podcast called 1090 and the 1090 means that 10% of what in your life, 10% is what happens to you and 90% is how you react to it. And Mason had something really hard happen. His wife and kids were killed in a car accident. And, um, but that's Mm -hmm. his kind of his mantra of like, I, I can curl up in a ball and not get up and not be here for my son. Or I can choose to say, you know what, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to face it and I'm going to be there for my son and I'm going to make a, you know. That's a much more intense form of heart failure. Yeah. yeah. And I love yeah. his message because he really wasn't saying don't fill it, you right. know, and he don't. Wasn't. He's like, I have, oh, trust me. He's like, I have my very angry days and my moments where I don't. But I think, and he, what he's saying is like, and talking to other people about it helps motivate me to live that way as well. You know? So yes. yeah. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. And it's a lot with stoicism, with, um, you know, man's search for meaning. Like it's all that. It's all your, how you react react and Victor I just Frankel. Yeah. yeah I love how you yeah it reminds me a lot of the yeah, yeah your message too yeah that you're you know yeah don't make it be make it be that you're growing make it be you know that you're yeah. looking for the good and looking for gratitude and being grateful for your kids and wife I mean your kids and husband and um yeah, yeah. yeah and even like the positive energy that you're putting out into the world you know with your account with the classes that you do with your skating like just before I came I saw your video that you did like your 2022 in review or whatever and it was just all these fun and it was like so inspiring to me you know and so anyway I just feel like (laughs) you're doing that in your way you know and it's really cool and right thank you you've been through something you know I I, so hard um, but yeah doing that yeah I I just don't I don't know any other way to be it's just it's it's innate in me it's it's not part of me to to quit you know it's, it's not in me yeah to do that and so I have um compassion for those that it's not easy to continue it's it's you know on with your life doing the things you love to do it's not I mean there's I do have a lot of compassion there for people that just it's a lot harder for them than it is for me to do those things and like you know, I say this all the time. I'm a broken record when I talk about some of these things, but it's, you know, emotionally, emotional heartbreak is much harder to heal than physical heartbreak. And I've had both, but, you know, it would be harder to wake for, for to me anyway, it would be harder to wake up every day and make that choice to, to find the joy if I was in Mason's position, you know, that's a, that's an emotional type of heartbreak that, uh, would take a lot of work to to find that to find joy and to share about it than it is for me to have a health situation that yes it's it's not good um but i know how i feel i it's it's just i i can have medication and and people and and things to help me through it yeah you know it's you know what i'm saying it's just yeah. a different everyone has their heart we can't compare i'm not comparing I don't mean to compare, 
but um, there was someone had mentioned, I'm going to kind of botch this, but someone had, had said something about, you know, if you could, when you meet someone, if you could talk to them as if they're going through something really hard, you'd have compassion. You know, mm -hmm. I think our conversations would be different. The way we go about our day and making friendships and um, when we feel really angry with somebody or someone made a choice that changes our life in, in a way, um, if, you can, if we can think about that person of going through something really hard and maybe that's the why they acted the way they did or said the things that they did. Or, you know, I think going through this for myself has made me feel more compassionate um, not knowing what other people are going through because everybody is. And I don't think my eyes were that opened until I was, until I was hit myself. Uh, so it just, it's, it's helped my compassion. It's helped my empathy. It's helped me um, get out of myself to serve other people uh, and just recognize that everyone has something different. It doesn't look the same, but everyone's struggling with something. And so choices that people make a lot of times are based on um, what's going inside, what's going on inside of them. Yeah. doesn't mean so it's true. okay, but it just means, you know, there's always, there, there's always room for yeah. compassion. Definitely. It reminded me, Chantil sent me this thing or the image that we shared oh, on yeah. our, um, Instagram, but it was like a big circle and it's like, this is someone's life. And then a tiny little dot. And this is how much you know about it, you know? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it just said, the this is message. why you should be kind. Yeah. yeah. Which of course we also want to be kind because it helps us feel better. But like, that is the thing, like just what you're saying. I mean, we just know very little about what's really going on in people's lives. And you know, some things are yeah. easier to talk about than others. And I don't know. I just, yeah. And I feel like there's like this softness that if we kind of lean into that, um, perspective that you're talking about, you know, that we all can naturally give each other more instead of just being like, so yeah. in these rushes to go through our lives yeah. and the world and, and assuming the worst, like, Oh, they cut me off yeah. because they're being yeah. a jerk or whatever. But you just, I found that too. Like if I'm focusing on everyone's going through something hard. It just makes me live in a softer way. It makes me look at the whole world in a softer way. And it's just like, yeah. it's okay. None of this stuff really matters. People matter. Like what they're, yeah. you know? So yeah. anyway, I love well, that. And I, and I remember seeing the news years ago when I was going through the thick of my heart stuff, as well as some other things going on in my life that were really hard. Um, I, I was watching the news and it was, you know, sometimes you just see the worst in the news, like who did this to whom and, and people just being really terrible to other people and inflicting pain on, on them or hurt or throwing something at them or something like that. And I just feel like I, it, it, the switch went off. So instead of immediately saying, you know, that dirt bag, you know, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. that, you know, whatever name you want to say, the first thing I thought was, I want to hug that person because in order for them to make that choice to inflict this random uh, negativity onto someone else, they are hurting in a way mm -hmm. that we don't understand. And so of course you have compassion for the, for the victim, but there's also that compassion that I felt immediately for what is going on with that person. They felt they had to do that. And I think that's what we forget. It's too easy to just, uh, turn our cheek at the negativity and just say, well, they deserve this. They, they deserve that. Um, but they also, 
you know, there's compassion's going to be all around. And it's kind of a segue way, way off topic, but no, <laughs> no I love that. But, yeah, but what it, but that's what it's helped me. Like, um, yeah, you, do, you just never know what someone's going through and everyone reacts to things differently. Right. And it's harder to give the com- compassion to the person that seems to be causing the problem oh, sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I think we've all had that experience with our kids, like in school where there's the rude kid. And I, I always, I mean, you know, it's hard because you want to tell your kids, yes, stand up for yourself. Yes. Don't take that kind of stuff. But also remember that person's hurting. Just like you're yeah. saying, like they're, they're pushing it off somewhere yep. else because they feel hurt inside of them. And so, um, but you know, I am so grateful for, I feel like we have so much more awareness now about like mental health and right. trauma and just all these kind of things that can help us just be understanding to others and to ourselves that I mean, even to our people that we love, you know, that, oh, why, yeah. why some of these things might be coming out in ways that they are and stuff. So, and it's not taboo to get help anymore. Like it was when we yeah. were kids. Yeah. That you know, there was right, kind of this. Right. It was, you know, way back when it was almost like, oh, you go to counseling. Yeah. This, you know, and now totally. it's like, you don't go to counseling, you know? Yeah. Right, that's wrong. Yeah. You better we find a therapist. Yeah, yeah. We both go to a therapist. Yeah. We both. Fine. She was on our podcast a little bit ago. Yeah. We're like, yeah, should we say good. that she's our therapist? And we're like, well, who, why, why, of why, who do we care? To, like, yeah. yeah, of course we're going to say she's our therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's no, um, really good. I was just thinking, um, well, when, she mentioned that post you saw that you had all this fun, you know, like you kind of put fun things you did that year, but the whole post was that you said within the hardships, this year has blessed me with perspective, including more opportunities to give support to others as well as humbly receive it. The love within us as a family flourished, the ugly cry breakdowns made the gut wrenching laughter so much better. And the good always outweighs the bad, depending on how you choose to see it. And then I loved it because you've said the bad and then you said the good and they were the same. Mm. But they were like just looking at them differently. Like, for instance, you said, what broke me down is heart function decline. What helped me grow? Heart function decline, you know? And then like the bad, what broke me down? Lung resection surgery. What helped me grow? And then you made the funny joke that you lost your favorite chopstick, but then you found a better chopstick. (laughs) All around (laughs) some positivity there and looking at the... uh, the good, but, yeah. um, I love, I just thought that was cool because sometimes we, that's not how we see it. If, yeah. you know, yeah. we just don't want to see it that way. Cause it seems impossible that the good could actually, yeah. I mean, the bad could actually become good. Yeah. And yeah. actually you're such a good writer. Like, oh, I, I just know. love I everything read. you said that. There. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And then you, so read this part, what she said. Oh, okay. It's all about perspective. I'm going to read your words. Yeah. Let's read it. <laughs> um, it's all about perspective. If life was easy, we'd be stagnant and uneducated and bored. As one of my favorite song states, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. Which is the song that was in your video. And I was like tearing up as I was watching it. Oh. <laughs> I love that song. Yes, it was that's so, so good. good. Yeah. Um, when life turns upside down, look at it through a positive lens. Live and love your life. Be yourself, especially if you also have chronic illness. Go out and do the, and do the things. It may look, feel different, but swallow your pride and create the memories. Laugh till it hurts. It's healing. Don't tell yourself you can't. Your body will hear you. Yes, you can. In a world full of crazy people, only some people want to fly. Isn't that crazy? Diamonds only come from pressure. There's a lot more happening with me, but every year magically prepares me for it. It's all crazy. Bring it on. I'm ready. Share your heart. Yeah. It was really good. (laughs) Well, Uh, I I love that. I like shared it with my husband and my daughter and then I shared it with you. Yeah. And I had actually seen it earlier this year, but she reminded me about it. So anyway, it was really good. Well, thank you. It's, it, it was a lot and it's, it's hard to kind of compile everything and, and, you know, again, it's not coming from a place of, 
which is a hard thing with Instagram because it, it's, it's very easy to feel like you kind of post and, and shudder like, oh, does this look like, look at me. Um, but it was, it was from a place of, it didn't break me down, you know? Like I'm not, I'm not letting it break me down. Um, and like I said, like there's, there's been some really hard times with my girls and, and my husband and um, in the reality of my situation at certain times. And there's, there's the influx of positive and influx of some negative, but at the same time, I don't think we would, I don't think anything else could have ever brought us to the place we are now if we hadn't had something to knock us down and force us to open up and talk and um, love each other more and support each other more and um, just be open to life's reality and, and how we choose to deal with it. So, you know, there's so much good that comes from tragic situations, you know, uh, I mean, you can just, I can just say tell everyone in the face, you just, you just can't sit with the bad. You have to realize, but look, all these, none of this would have happened unless this happened. You know, I wouldn't, I, I go back to my marriage, like my husband, there's been, you know, in, in these few surgeries in my life where he's had to care for me like a six month old baby, if you can imagine, remember what that's like. And, you know, very um, intimate situations that I just looked at him and you know, we just have that communication just with looking at each other and um, the little the little piles that are left around the house or little nitpicky things that I would do or little little things that that before we would maybe comment on and would potentially turn into a stupid little argument or something. We just don't say it. Those things don't matter. And so like having the opportunity to notice what the big picture is and just let the little things go that do, that don't matter that we easily turn into big things um it's been a great blessing for me to go through big things to um to recognize that sometimes it's the little things that that matter the most is you know helping someone out of bed um looking at each other and saying i love you every day or just the little things that all, like the nitpicky things don't matter but the little things that, that we don't think matter do, you know, um, holding hands or going on it, just going on a walk together, um, talking with your children, letting them be involved, you know, hearing them, letting them express their feelings. And I mean, it's such a beautiful place that we've come to, that we have a lot farther to go, that we never would have come to that had we not been forced into it. So it's been a really beautiful Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really. I got good. me all emotional. <laughs> yeah. But I just, um, yeah, I just, I'm. Uh, well, I'm going through something really hard, and my husband is. Um, it just sounds very similar, and I'm just so yeah. grateful for him, and I'm grateful yeah. that you have somebody to be there, and it really does just as hard as it is to go through things, it just strengthens your relationships with people, yeah, with my kids and my husband, and you know, even friends and. <laughs> Yeah. people that were there for me um 
it's huge. So I'm glad you had that. And it sucks because it is hard and you don't want to go through what you went through, but you can't change it. So you might as well um, grow from it and be grateful for the relationships and people you have. And right. I was going to say, you know, at, at the same time, I've also learned just, you, you know, this just opened this thought process when you were talking about mm-hmm. the importance of relationships and community. It also, in retrospect, has, has taught me um, the importance of not just the relationships in general, but how I spend my time and who I spend it with. So I think when we're young, when we're younger, we want to accumulate, you know, you want all these friends, you want uh, these relationships and, you know, the more the merrier and the older I get and the more life experiences I go through, it's almost like this process of elimination where I feel like the relationships where, like, especially when this heart, when, when I went into heart failure, my life completely derailed and I took a look back and I thought, you know, any relationships like to eliminate stress from my life, it had to start with people that don't love me back, you know, or those relationships that we all have that you kind of feel like the little girl that that's constantly ringing the doorbell wanting to play and they don't want to play or, and you don't know why nothing's ever happened, but it's just not a relationship that's working. Or you always feel like you're the one that's continually pushing when there's no reciprocation. I finally felt at 46 years old, I'm okay closing that door without feeling mean, without feeling bad about it. And relationships matter to me. And the friends that I have, I, that I have, there's so many people in my life, my neighbors, my work, my everything that means so much to me that it's not like I'm eliminating, you know, people in my life. But there are some relationships, whether it be friends or family, that it, it's okay to say, you know, I, I don't, we don't need to continue that, you know, or yeah. without feeling bad and, and um, call it boundaries, healthy boundaries. Uh, you know, you can be loving and supportive and communicative, but it doesn't mean you have to associate all the time. And that's finally okay without feeling bad. And uh, there's this quote that I love. Uh, I posted about it once that says, and I, it, it's just an unknown. I don't know who wrote it, but it says, when it comes to the value of relationships, I would rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And mm. I love that because wow. you think of the quarters in your life, these valuable relationships that you have, and then how many other relationships in our lives are just, are, are just pennies that you're the one holding on to that let you know, if they don't want to be there, it's okay. You know, if you don't have to push things. So that's been a really, that's been a relief to me as well. And it's not like calling someone up and saying, okay, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just, you know, I love this person enough to say, I respect the fact that you don't want to be here and that's okay. I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push you into, you know, having to be my friend if it's not there. And that's a lesson I've learned as well is the value of relationships. Yeah. I think that's, what's cool about getting, there's some things about getting older that aren't fun, but some of the things (laughs) about getting older are, I think you become more confident in who you are. You care less what people think. And you also 
realize time is valuable and you want to spend them with the people yeah. that, like you said, like it's reciprocated. It's like this friendship or relationship that's, you know, you want to spend the time. You don't have time to spend yeah. the pennies. You want to be with the quarter yeah. or whatever. Well, and when there's a specific, something specific happens in your life where there's a potential timeline, um, it, it makes you really think about that. You know, it makes yeah. you think, how am I spending my time? Um, how do I want to spend my time and with who I want to, do I want to spend it? So, and that's not, that's not being mean. It's, it's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's being fair to yourself. Yeah. And... Not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. You're not going to like everyone. And yeah. That's okay. Honoring the relationship. And you know, I'm like, I like how you said you don't, it doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with that person, but it, it might just be better in a different way, yeah. you know? And yeah, you can anyway, love them from I afar, really like that. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you were saying all that, I'm like, and also to me, it's like just being able to be, I mean, the word authentic is used so much, but just being like yourself, yeah. you know, I mean, for me and those friendships that I can, you know, relate to what you're saying to my own, it's like those friendships where I can just be myself. I don't have to pretend like I am this or that or whatever. It's yeah. just, and though, and if it's easy that way, then maybe those are your people. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yep. So yeah, that's great. No, I love that. Um, well, you've shared so many amazing life perspectives. Is there anything else that stands out to you that you'd like to share with your story or a new perspective that you had after going through all this and continuing to go through what you're going through? Um, not necessarily just, just the same old, you know, find something that you love to do. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm a quirky person. Um, that's one reason why back to the beginning of this, you know, our, our mutual friend within all of us is, is Annie Rigby. And that's one reason why we love each other is we get each other's quirky, you know, <laughs> and you know, so you much. find your people and like, that's like roller skating makes me feel fun. And it's like roller skating and yoga are two things that I can do to keep my heart rate at a level that it's not shooting up. It's not, you know, it's exercise for me. That's not um, pushing myself too hard. So that's why I do it. And it just happens to be the two things that I love to do. And so the, um, you'll try something new, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel fun. If it's, I, I don't know, a new, a new hobby, um, just something that just makes you feel fun and, and playfulness is such an important part of wellness and health that it's okay to be silly. It's okay to laugh at yourself. You know, we don't have to be so stoic and, and serious all the time. And I, I, I don't think it's healthy to be that way. You know, I think it's, it's okay to go to a playground and swing for an hour, you know, I mean, yeah. go, just go enjoy. Just don't, it's the simple things. Again, it's the, it's the little things that we take for granted that become the big things, you know, and just, yeah. you've got to find that in yourself and, and find the things in this life that bring you joy without giving it a second thought, without thinking what other people That's think really of yeah. Maybe it's going to be roller skating for me because I am trying. Yeah. Come on over. Let's, we're going. <laughs> we're going tonight if you want to join me. <laughs> oh gosh, you are. Yep. That's so fun. Yes, I, I honestly am like, wow. I taught this morning and we're going back. <laughs> oh fun! That oh, is fun. really fun. Yeah. In our in Stansbury Park, we lived there's It's like a golf course and there's all these lakes, and so they would freeze um, in the winter and we'd ice skate. And so 
my dad, we didn't live on the lake, but he's recently moved to not um, to the part where his backyard is the lake, and my kids have loved it. And I loved it because they had never ice skated, and I hadn't ice skated for, I don't even know, 15 years. But I remembered some of the, like, routines we made up and the things. And my kids were like, wow, you are amazing, Mom. And then and then we <laughs> so went to, cute. like, an actual ice skating rink, and then I was like, see? And look around. Actually, I'm not that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, let them think you're I'm amazing. Like, I'm just like, can that carry over to roller skating? Because yeah, I bet it would. Yep. But they were, I was like, yeah, if you actually look at real yeah. people, then I... Yeah. You watch Chantilla will come and she'll be like your star. She'll be like, <laughs> I ice skate. Watch out, I ice skate. Yeah. So. But it's fun, so you know, fun. To, like go outside and have a snowball fight or build a snowman or just something just that just at the end of the day makes you feel like that was really fun. I haven't done that in a long time or lay down on the grass and watch the clouds. When was the last time you did that? Just little things that become big things that you appreciate the life that you have and not take it for granted because anything could happen tomorrow. So yeah, gosh, that's such a good reminder. Cause I feel like I tend to just sit in the serious a lot. I mean, I try to have fun, but I need to do that more, but like be better about that finding. Cause it is so fun to just kind of lose yourself in those fun little things yeah. and just enjoy life. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. That's really great. Oh, well, I don't really want it to end cause I love talking to you. But... <laughs> I know it was really good. Um, all right. At the end of our um, episodes, we always ask, how do you find beauty in life after going through this transition? But you already shared a lot of things. Yeah, you so. kind of shared that. So if yeah. there's anything else you'd like to add. That's one reason why I say share your heart a lot. And I do um, Friendship Fridays and highlight other people. And and I, I just am all about share your heart because what has helped me is getting out of myself when I'm feeling down and realizing there's someone else that needs a smile, you know, and the more we can share our hearts with each other, the more we realize that we're not alone. And it was hard for me to, uh, my husband was the one who actually pushed me to start sharing my health situation publicly. And sometimes it, it feels like an overshare, or I'm always thinking about someone out there going, why is she sharing this? Or, you know, it looks egocentrical or whatever. But it's coming from a place of of love and compassion. And there's this underground uh, world in the heart world on my Instagram that people don't recognize that that's what it is. And, you know, there are two people that I met through my account, one in Chicago, one in California, that are within five years of my age, both younger than me, that were diagnosed with the same stage of heart failure that I have. One of them actually had the same nodules in her lung. And neither one of them made it to their year mark of, from diagnosis. And I just feel like, um, you know, so that, that started to get in my head a little bit, but then I got, I, I just feel like that when we share our stories and we share the things that not only are, that have, that have put us down, but how we rise above it and how, like, I love the name of your podcast is beautiful shifts that take place in, in our lives. The more someone else out there can say then I can do this too, you know, or, or can contact you and say, when I went through this, this is what helped me. And so just sharing your heart has just been my biggest thing is, is coming from a place of, again, compassion and um, trying to help other people by sharing what helps me. So, and I've learned a lot too. I've needed their help and their uh, compassion towards me as well. So it's just been, I think it's a great way, great way to share. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love the share your heart 
like it's just perfect for, yeah yeah that's what you're doing it's really good yeah well, and thanks. I was actually wanting to ask you a little bit about um for just a second about your retreats that you do that um I know you just went to Mexico yeah um oh. what is what is involved in those I think you'd have a couple one and then a women's one or something. yeah I do lots of different retreats throughout the year uh I do. Uh, my mom is Danish. My well, my grandmother is Danish, and my mom's half Danish. But so the word huga, H Y G G E, mm. is that is a word that means contentment, and it's it's the Danish word for coziness and contentment, basically overall wellness. So I started doing huga retreats, um, and it, it's just a fun. There's a summer one one day and a three day one in the winter where we do all the activities in nature depending on that season. And, you know, we get spoiled with fun little, um, with fun swag and coziness. And, and then, uh, my Mexico retreats, I collaborated with Dana Baptiste, a dear friend of mine who has lived there and done retreats there for several years. And these last four or five years we've done them together. And she just said, Hey, I'd love to have you collaborate with me. And so we do adventure retreats and we just created a solace retreat on this other beach that there's no nightlife. There's no anything. It's just, if you want to get off the grid and get away, but we do, you know, whale watching and snorkeling and, and my heart's amazing at sea level. So my doctors were excited for me to go after my lung surgery when I was, I made sure I stayed well enough to be able to go and just give my heart a break for almost a month. Um, yeah, it's just the, the retreats are a way that I can, I, I mean, I hate to say it this way because it sounds selfish, but if you build it, they will come. I've met some amazing friends, friends and built relationships with people by putting that out there as an opportunity for people to to come and we all just become good friends and so and we have a, a blast together so they're a lot of fun yeah. that looked really fun yeah. that's really cool yeah that's, that's awesome. so fun <laughs> um okay so you have um we'll just read your kind of um website and social media you have um your utah yoga and wellness uh-huh. so com, uh-huh. and then uh, at elise jones yoga mm-hmm. And at Utah Yoga and yeah. Wellness. I might be changing so. my name soon, though. Just my my one okay. handle, oh. just because the at least Jones Yoga, just because I'm no I'm no longer just strictly yoga, you know. And so it's oh, not right. really like if you come to my account and expect solid posted yoga classes, it's not there. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sure, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. If anything changes between now and we release okay. it, we'll get the updated info from you. But we'll for sure yeah. tag for anyone listening. We'll you know, post the website and the ways that you can get in touch with Elise and follow her and stuff. And yeah, she's and my great. question is, how do I know when you have your roller skating classes? <laughs> <laughs> where, where are those? Sure. Where do we find those? Yeah. Up in the, at, in Heber, the Heber Rec Center every Thursday at nine, but you have to have your own skates or blades. And then we do, I do specialty classes at Classic Orem and when weather permits in the summertime at uh, the Mill Creek Common uh for the the classes there and then they have rentals and stuff that you can do and half the class is on the mat so it's, it's literally a fitness class with roller skates so oh, like imagine a lot of things that you do leg lifts and rollouts and planks and stuff with your skates on and then the latter half of the class is learning how to turn learning how to stop learning basic skate skills we go through cones and and then have free skate to some fun music and it's just it's just a blast That's it's awesome. really fun so it's not like an intimidating oh, class yeah. where you have to really know how to skate well to go it's it's not most of the classes beginners awesome. cool well you will find us <laughs> yeah yeah we'll figure it out yeah and that's all on the website too and utah yoga and wellness like the the instagram account specifically that's where i post 
retreats and, and shop stuff and class stuff. So like that'll, that'll always okay. be catered to that. Be that. Okay. Awesome. Great. Okay. okay. Well, we're, I'm so excited for people to hear your story. Yeah. I think this is awesome. So, well, thank you. Thank sharing. you for having me so much. It was a really great time to get to know you and talk with you and, and share with each yeah. other. I'm excited <coughs> we made the connection. So that thanks. was super fun. And yeah. I think we'll be helpful for people and inspiring and yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, you go guys. follow Elise. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope to meet you guys in person sometime sooner than later. Yes, we will. We We're coming to. to your class. We would love to. I think we yeah. have a few friends that will come that with us. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. We'll get a group. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, you All guys. Okay. Right. See ya. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribed to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again and begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free now I can feel the truth in me I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong yes. Now it's time to move Now it's